Would you open up your Bibles today to the first book of Chronicles? We're going to be reading from chapter 11, verse 1 to verse 9. The first book of Chronicles, chapter 11, verse 1. Two verse, huh? It's right after Deuteronomy. I'm going to help you out. It's between Genesis and Revelation. <laughs> Somebody help him out. Help him to get it. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 1 through verse 8. There's some things that are in my heart that are brewing in my spirit concerning the body of Christ. Concerning this local body and also those that, that are around wherever they may be wanting to do the work and do the, the will of God and wanting to do what God has called us to do. And where I eventually want to get to is I want to speak to you about not just the kingdom of David that was given unto him, but to speak about the men that surrounded David. The Bible calls them the mighty men. Hallelujah. David's mighty men. But in order to get there, you have to understand, and, and that's what I'm going to lay a foundation this, e this evening to you. But also, this will be just a prelude to what I will share in the next few days with the church. But tonight, I want to just lay a foundation Concerning the call of God. Number two, how God confirms, how God gathers, and how God sends. And it's very important for us to learn these principles of how God calls and, and deals with a ministry, with a body of believers. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, before you even came to this body, God had already called you. God had already been dealing with your life. Because the first thing that God does is that he deals with the individual first. God has an eternal call and purpose for each and every person that is here and those that are under the sound of our voice. I believe that the manner in which God is working, God is putting together a body, an army. I believe that in this hour, there is an army that is rising up. Hallelujah. I believe that there is soldiers. There is a ministry like John the Baptist that is arising in this hour to do the work of God. And God is calling from the north to the south to the west to the east from all over. He's calling on people one more time and only to those who will hear the voice of God and who will avail themselves to the call of God. They will see a move of God that we've never seen before. There is a purpose for your life. People always talk about purpose, but they only speak about. It's kind of like preachers speak about purposes in your life. In a selfish way about 
what your dream is. And, and thank God, you've you got to have dreams and you've got to have goals in your life. But nothing goes ahead. What I want to know is not what my purpose is. I want to know what's God's purpose for my life. Or else I will live my life, all my life. There's nothing sadder than to live your life not knowing the purpose of God for your life. There's nothing sadder in life than to know why you have been put on earth. Why have you been put in this atmosphere called time? There's a reason why you were not born in the 1800s. There's a reason why God put you alive in this 21st century. You're not an accident. But you have been put in this 21st century. And I believe that we are the generation of God, Terry. But we are the generation that shall see the coming of the Lord. Why do you say that? Because there's too much prophecy being fulfilled and more that is being fulfilled. And, and what we're seeing, things happening in a flash before our very own eyes. I got to warn you and those that are listening all across the nation of United States of America or whatever part of the world that you may find yourself. We are living in perilous times. We are living in times where we have to wake up that God is calling a David ministry. He's calling men around David. David is a type of Jesus. Mighty men of God that offer the kingdom of God something that is worth fighting for. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord says in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit today. If everybody has it, please say amen. Then all Israel gathered themselves to David unto Hebron, saying, We are thy bone and thy flesh. Let that resound loud and clear, church. The church is the mystical body of Jesus Christ. Christ is the head. We are the body. And the people came unto David and said, David, we are your bone. Hallelujah. We are thy flesh. And moreover in time past, even when Saul was king, thou was he that led us out and brought us, brought us in Israel. And the Lord thy God said unto thee, thou shalt feed my people Israel. And thou shalt be ruler over my people Israel. Therefore come all the elders of Israel, all the leaders of Israel to the king to Hebron. And there David made a covenant with them in Hebron before the Lord. And it was there where they anointed David king over Israel. According to the word of the Lord by Samuel. And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which then was known as, Je which is Jebus, where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land. And the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, thou shalt not come here. Hmm. Nevertheless, David.
said, you know what, man? You ain't got the last word. God told me I'm taking it. David took the castle of Zion. Hallelujah. Which is the city of David. And David told his army, his soldiers, his men of war. He said, whosoever smited the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. So Joab, the son of Zariah, went first up and was chief. And David dwelt in the castles. Therefore, they called it the city of David. And he built the city round about, even from Milo round about. And Joab repaired the rest of the city. So David waxed greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. We can title our message tonight. It would be he calls, he confirms, he gathers, and he sends. He calls, he confirms, he gathers, and he sends. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. This is a very holy moment, God. As thy word shall be declared in our midst, God. All I am, Lord, and all that I want to be is to be an instrument of mouthpiece of God. To share, Lord, in the manner that you have given it to me, what you have placed in my heart to give to your people. Allow us today to enter into the realm of the spirit and behold great and mighty things from thy laws and from thy word, God. And help us not to do no harm or violence to your word. And prepare the hearts, anoint the hearts to receive your word. Let it fall on good ground. Anoint my lips to declare what thus saith the Lord. And Father, we promise that we'll do one thing. We'll give you all the glory and all the praise. And God's people say amen. And amen. David reigned over Israel for about a span of about 40 years. The call of David began many years, almost probably 20 years or 15 years or 20 years before what we read here tonight. It was really a private manner when God spoke to the prophet Samuel and said I want you to go anoint one of the sons of Jesse at that time Saul was the king and so Samuel said by me doing this I can put my life in danger but God said you go and you tell them that you will, you need them to come and offer a sacrifice unto you. And the story takes us to the first book of Samuel in chapter 16. In verse 1 through 13, the Bible tells us 
how Samuel went and, 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 and they came out of the city in Bethlehem. The Bethlehemites. And they said, do you come in peace or what's going on? He goes, no, just come. We come to offer a sacrifice. And he gathered the sons of Jesse. And the Bible says that as they gathered and they began to come in. Number one, the elders of the town of Bethlehem began to tremble out of his coming. And they said, do you come in peace? He said, I come peacefully. And it came to pass that when they came and Jesse's sons began to come out, that the first one that he looked at was a young man by the name, probably the elders name, Eliab. Eliab said, and the prophet Samuel said in his heart, this dude has to be the one. This guy has to be the anointed one. The guy looks good. He's strong. He's handsome. Looks like he could do something. Looks, looks like a leader. And he says, surely this is the Lord's anointed before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. Because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as, as men see it. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looked, looketh on the heart. And so one by one, Jesse said, well, if, if it's not this one, then it's got to be this one. The second one came in. His name was Abinadab. It wasn't him. Then the Lord brought, Jesse brought Shammah to pass by. Neither was it him, and all of them passed, his seven sons. And Samuel said, this is not it. This is not one. Do you have any other children? Well, Jesse said, yeah, I actually do have another son. I mean, he don't look like much. He's a shepherd. He's in charge of this lowly job of, of taking care of sheep. He hangs around the sheep. He smells like sheep. And most of the day, that's all he does is just taking care of sheep. Unbeknownst to him, to David, David was attending to the sheep. David was in subjected to, subjection to his father's demands to be a shepherd. Maybe not the most... The most uh, glamorous job. But yet we see here in the heart of this young man. That even at a young age. He made a decision to be subjective to his father. And to obey. And to be faithful in the little. And unbeknownst to him as he's taking care of, of sheep. Uh, someone came after him and told him we need you. The prophet Samuel wants to see you. What I'm talking to you about is the first time that David would be anointed as a young child to be the next king of Israel. Notice that the first call and the first experience that he has concerning the oil, the anointing that was put upon him by the prophet was not done in public. It was done in the privacy of his home. You see, God shows us that, number one, before he, before he calls you in public, 
First, he deals with you in private. The dealings of God with human is on a one-on-one basis. The dealings and the calling of God is always to an individual. God begins to deal with your heart. God begins to deal with you when you are out there taking and fending sheep and you feel like you're, you're, you're useless. You may feel like God doesn't want to use you. You may feel like, man, what am I doing here? But you don't know, like David didn't know, that from a shepherd, he would be given a kingdom. From being a lowly shepherd, from being a one who just takes care of sheep, he would be given a kingdom. See, those are the things that the enemy will not remind you of. He'll always tell you what you got to lose. He'll always tell you, man, don't you want that life back? He'll always remind you of the good things. Because let me tell you, sin is fun. And sin does taste good. But he will never tell you the things that God has in store for you. So don't be afraid if God is dealing with you. Even in the midst of your sin. Even in the midst that you find yourself running from God. Or maybe you find yourself, those that are listening, in a place where you know God has called you. But you've been running. You find yourself in a lonely place. And you think, why would God want to use me? But but still there's something inside of you that calls out to God within your spirit. That's saying, Lord, is there something more to life than this? David was minding his own business. He was being faithful. He was a shepherd that it was in that time where no one was looking. Where he would fight lions. Where he would fight bears. It was in that time where at nights, they say in Israel, at night, You can see the sky and the stars so clear at night. It's so beautiful. You can see God's creation in its ultimate grandeur. And it was this lonely shepherd that at night, many times, he had to take care of the sheep at night. Maybe would lay and, and you know, back then they didn't have nice slushy uh, pillows like we have today. You know what I'm saying? Back then, a rock and a stone was your pillow. <laughs> Back then, your sleep train or your, or your, or, 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 or your tempopudic beds was the grass and, uh, of the fields. But it was in that place where, where David many times, why do you think he's the psalmist and he declares the magnificency of God and the stars? Because it was in that time when he was by himself where he would just look up to the stars and, and just gaze and say, oh, how wonderful is my God. The stars, the, the, the stars, the lights uh, all declare the glory of God. All you people praise God. All you people, can't you see the stars? <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you're going crazy. <laughs> you out there in the world. Whatever you're doing. When you're out there, when you're drunk or high. That's when you begin to talk about God. 
See, I've learned not to despise these moments as we go to the streets and we minister to people high on drugs, high and all got drunk. But when you begin to speak the word of God, something, the spirit of, of the word begins. And they and it's like for a moment, they, they take a peek out of the dark place they're in. And, and they see hope for a moment. Because see, the word of God brings life. See, what I'm trying to tell you is that God, number one, he calls you. You didn't come to church to be called and find out, oh, I'm called. No, God has already been dealing with your life. God is already dealing, maybe from some of you, since you were in your mother's room, from some of you, one day somebody took you, your grandmother or your grandfather took you to a service or took you to a camp and, and somebody told you about Jesus Christ. There's a testimony of, of, a, of, of, of a young man who, who was... Who was uh, who was born with with the is it cerebral palsy? He 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 was he was he was born mentally retarded. He couldn't speak, and, and, and he, he was just he he was just a mess. But someone spoke to him about Jesus. I'm talking to you about a mentally retarded young boy, and began to talk to him about Jesus. And this young man gives the testimony that in the light that he could understand it. Maybe he had the mind of a child, but he could comprehend because even a little boy can comprehend the concept that Jesus loves me. Yes, I know for the Bible tells me so. He said, I gave my heart to God. I didn't know any better. And I would talk to Jesus like he was a friend every day. But as he said, thank God that there was someone who, who told me, who, who, who went beyond my condition, who went beyond my situation and said and sought me out and said, young man, Jesus loves you. Young man, Jesus loves you. And you know what the testimony is that he was healed of everything, including his mental retardation. And you know what he said? He said, yes, I want you to understand something. He says, when you speak to a mental retarded person, just because they're mentally re retarded doesn't mean that their spirit is mentally retarded. See, and that the same applies. Just because someone is drunk and high and out and about, you can still have the authority to speak to his spirits. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory. I remember a few months ago, man, me and Pastor Ruben, our youth pastor, were talking to a young woman. And, and, and she was, a, she was high. She, was, she had the stare of just looking down on the street. And, and we were speaking. And for a moment, the enemy wanted to attack me. He said, why are you wasting your time? She ain't listening. I said, nah, devil. I'm speaking to her spirit. We were talking. And, and 10 minutes passed. And all of a sudden, we literally saw her face change. And it's like she snapped out of the highness she was. And hope, and she began to speak, yeah, there is hope. Yes, I've been to church. 
yes, God can do something. I don't want to live this, this way the way I am no more. And, and, and it's interesting because within five minutes, she snapped back into that place. And, and she was snacked back. It was almost like she was in a dark room. And, and, and like if for a moment, she would see the light. But see, sometimes you got to go to those dark places with the word. Because that's the thing. The darkness cannot hide from the light. So I don't care who you are and who, what you may have done and, and what you've done or where you find yourself. God is calling you. He's calling you by your name. He's calling you as an individual, as a person. He is dealing with your hearts. So you think you find yourself in the worst place you can find yourself, but you don't understand that you are in the very exact place where God wants you because it takes this time. It took you to this place for you to understand that I need Jesus. So he's the one that calls. We don't call you. All we can do is confirm what God has already spoken to you. No man has called you. No man has called me. I've been summoned from heaven. I've been given a mandate from God. And he said, Jeremy, you really have no choice in this. You have been called to preach my gospel. And he's called you by your name. David was anointed in the privacy of his family by the, by the prophet. When will you that are here, you that are mature in the Lord, when will you grow out of our immaturity? We're always, I don't know, no. When will you just accept and recognize that you have been called? See, every time we speak about doing great things, we always look, well, I know he can do it. He looks like he's a preacher. He dresses like a preacher. He sings like a, like, like a singer. Not me. Why me? What, what do I got to offer? When all along it is you that God is calling. God is calling every individual here in this place. And every, all of those that are hearing me from the sound of the sound of my voice. God has called you. Stop saying, why me? Stop questioning. No, God has called you. When are you going to recognize and accept that God has called you for such a time like this? See, because or else you're going to continue to live in this cycle. I don't know. Me? I don't know. I, I don't think I miss me, brother. No, you know what it is? No, a couple months. No, it's not me. I haven't been called. And then, and then somebody preaches a message that inspires. No, pastor, man, I'm ready to go and let's go kill the giants when I'm ready. I know God has called me. And then a week later, ah, oh, pastor, man, I don't know. Can you choose somebody else, man? Because, you know. You ever felt that way? Me? Me? You calling me? Yeah, you. <laughs> See, we battle. See, but you need to get out of that step. You need to step out in faith and begin to see yourself, listen to this, as God sees you. See yourself. And make the word of God your mirror and know and study what God has said about you and what he wants from you. 
God does not do things half-heartedly. He says, come unto me. Leave everything, your heart, everything. Leave it unto me. Take my yoke. Take my burden because my, my burden is like my yoke is easy. It's not you just dumping everything on God. No, you, you, you put it at the, feet, at the feet of Jesus, but you take up his yoke and you take up his burden because it's easy. <laughs> but when you get to the place where you begin to accept who you are in Christ, we begin to see that, see, sometimes God calls you and you think that the next day you're going to go to the world and preach. God confirms a word to you through a preacher, through somebody, and they tell you, hey, brother, sister, God is going to use you. And you're like, man, when is it? Is it next week? I mean, I'm going to go buy my suits already. I'm ready to preach because God said I'm going to use me. He's going to use me mightily, and I'm going to go to the nations, and I'm going to go everywhere God sends me. And two years pass, and you're still in the same boat, and you're like, man, did God really call me or what? Understand that between when God calls you, and from that time when things come to pass, there's a process that you got to go through. Yes, God calls you. That's the amazing thing, that God calls you when you're not ready. Because there's nothing that we can do that we can deserve or, or, or can make God call it. God calls you simply because he calls you. But he has to take you through the process. And sometimes the promises that God makes in your life, how would you like to be John the Baptist? John the Baptist was a miracle. His mom was barren. His mom could not have children. But God uh, called, ca called and said that the child in her, womb, in her womb would be called John and he would prepare the way of the Lord. But how would you like to be waiting for 30 years in the wilderness in the middle of nowhere? Not dressing with all the nice suits, but dressing with some camel armonis. Hallelujah. How would you like to be eating locusts and, and, and wild honey? How would you like to be in preparation and go to school for 30 years for God then to tell you your ministry is only going to last you six months? Do you want to be a prophet, as Brother Raven here says? You really want to be a prophet? You really want to be a preacher? Why are you in this, my brother? Why are you in this, my sister? You got to be in this because you know that you have heard from God. You got to be in this because you have come to the place where you can say, I am satisfied with Jesus. I'm not moved by the crowds. I'm not moved by the multitudes. I'm not moved by the, the lack of multitudes. I'm not moved by, by the blessings, whether they're economical or not. No, no, no. I'm moved by one thing, and that is that I am satisfied with Jesus. But we need to cross over that hurdle of, ah, is it me? I don't know. No, because once you begin to understand that you have been called, then, the pre then you allow the preparation of the Holy Spirit through his word to begin to deal with your life. In 1 Samuel chapter 18, and in verse 5 and verse 16, the Bible tells us. See, from that first time where David was anointing, anointed, 
Many years pass before he actually became king. But do you think that David just waited there? And I'll just hang out here and just let me know, God, when you're ready, I'll be ready. Meanwhile, I'll be relaxing. No, David began to walk in faith. And he began to walk in a manner that the Bible calls wisdom. That the Bible calls that he was wise. What do you mean, pastor? Chapter 18 of 1 Samuel says, verse 5, that David went out. Wheresoever Saul sent him, wherever he was sent, but he behaved himself wisely. And accepted in the, and he was accepted in the sight of all people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. See, David understood that there was a call had been made upon his life. And so he understood that before he can even get there, his character, his integrity, everything within him, he, he said he began to act wisely. He didn't act like the kingdom belonged to him. He didn't begin to act like now he was the big super shot, the big, the big shot. But he continued to be in submission to Saul. And wherever Saul sent him, he went as a captain. And everywhere he went, he behaved wisely. See, we have to come to the place, church, where you understand that God has called you. And you got to get to the place where you begin to behave wisely. What God is trying to do in our midst requires you to behave wisely. Requires you that wherever you go, you're number one, a representative of Jesus Christ. Don't take your testimony lightly. Don't take your conversations you have with other people lightly. Don't take the people you hang around with lightly. When you're called, you got to understand that you're different. You got to understand that the enemy is going to try to destroy you one way or another. And he's always finding a way to make you slip so that you can cause the gospel to be blasphemed. You have to proof you have to make proof of your ministry church that God has given you the foundation has already been laid but it's up to you how you build upon that foundation the Bible tells us that wherever he went he acted wisely the Bible tells us that he was accepted in the eyes of the people if you're a leader in this house You have to act wisely. And the people will begin to respect the call of God in your life. But you must have to be able how to act. You must ask God to give you a love for the unlovable. You must be able, able to ask God to give me a smile even when people frown at me. 
You must be able to understand that what's at stake here, we cannot give the enemy one chance. You sometimes have to bite your tongue. Sometimes you have to tolerate others for the sake of them hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you got to come to the understanding that church is not even about you, of you coming to church and just getting my own blessing. No, no, no. You, you got to come to a place of maturity that church becomes a gathering place where, 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 where we learn and when we're sent out to do the work of God. But you have to learn how to come to church. See, we're always sucking things out of God and, and I need this and that and that. No. When will you come to church with your alabaster's box and come ready and say, God, I've come to minister unto you. I've come to give you the praise. I've come to give you. I've been called. I am a worshiper. See, we, we have so many immature churches. We get the people used to. We're always trying to see how we're going to please everybody. If you want to come into my service, we have four types of services. You want a classical one or you want one with rock or concert, whatever you want. We'll, 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 we'll accommodate you. We'll give you feel-good messages. And you see people, churches being filled and filled and filled. And, and yes, people lift up their hands. And yes, people cry. But they go back the same, living for the devil. There's no conviction because a feel-good message ain't going to save anybody. We need to tell people, hallelujah, with love, amen. Yes, they got to feel good about themselves. But they have to also understand the times that we are living when will you understand that you've been called to a body? But you haven't been called just to sit. You've been called for something greater. You are needed in this. So many times we have taught the church wrong in, in talking in general that we, we, we teach the people just to look at the pastor. He's the anointed one. He has the word and whatever he says and, and we'll give him the for him to take the gospel. That's not biblical. The work of God cannot be done by one man. It takes an army of believers. It takes a body that understands that we need each other. It takes a body to understand that we are part of something. It, it, the Bible said that the fivefold ministry has been left for us for the edification and the maturity and perfection of the saints of God. See, we look at church as the ultimate or the, we look at it as the, we've reached it. No, no, church really is a place to gather. But the kingdom of God has to be scattered. See, when we come to church, we become a temple. Temple cannot be moved. It is built stone by stone. A foundation has been laid. But when you leave this place, you become a walking tabernacle. See, a tabernacle was carried around. It was easy unfolded. 
Everywhere you went, they carried a tabernacle. You can't carry a temple. <laughs> but when we come to church, we become a temple. We become a temple. And it's almost like I become a stone. My brother becomes a stone. And, 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 and we, we, we gather together. And when we begin to gather together, then the glory of God comes. And those who come in through those doors cannot leave the same. But what we got is that a lot of tabernacles come to church and we have not learned how to become a temple. Everybody's got their own praise. Everybody's got their own thing going. We got those that shout. We got those that just stand. We got those that dance. We got those that don't say anything. We got those that are just there to chill. We are just those there. We got everything. No, no, no. When we come together, it's a gathering of different believers. We all praise God differently. But we understand that we've been brought together for one purpose. And see, what God is trying to do in World Harvest Ministries in this local body, and, and, and as we're trying to go out throughout the world, is that from this place, uh, what will emanate from here will be the glory of God. Because you understand that the glory is not in a temple. The glory is inside of you. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and see... We do the opposite. When we come to church, we want to become tabernacles. And then when we go out, we want to become temples because we don't move, right? We hang out outside. We just like to talk about amongst each other about church. But, you know, you, you don't want to take that conversation to somebody else. You don't want to take that conversation to your school, to your work, because no, 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 that's too, that's too much, man. That's exactly what you have to be, a walking tabernacle. That when people see, when people saw that tabernacle, they saw that ark coming. They said, man, the presence of God is there. There's something about that that wherever, even the enemies of God, hey, stay away. I don't want to, hey, don't bring that ark over here because I know what's going to happen. No, 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 no. The Bible tells us that he walked wisely. Number two, 1 Samuel 23, 17 tells us tells us that he said unto him, Jonathan said unto David, fear not, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee. And that also Saul, my father, knoweth. Jonathan was the son of King Saul. His father was the king, yet Jonathan understood by the spirit. David, you're going to be the next king. <laughs> when God has called you, my brother, you can't hide. You can try to hide, but people will recognize you and say, brother, what are you doing? You don't belong here. You're in the wrong place, brother. You got a call upon your life. And have you ever had any heathen come up to you? I'm talking about heathen come up to you and say, brother, were you a Christian or were you? Because there's something strange, something about you. You don't belong here. You need to get out of here. Sometimes the heathen will recognize, and you don't even recognize that God has called you, but the heathen will, and they say, hey, get out of here, because you don't belong in this place. 
You see, people began to recognize, including Jonathan, the son of King Saul, that David had been anointed and called of God to be the king, that he was the next, listen to this, the next in line. That he was the next in line. Then we see here that even Saul himself recognized in 1 Samuel 24 20, he recognized, Saul himself, who was king, recognized, hey, David is gonna be king. You know what that means? When you're called, even your own enemies will realize that you've been called. You didn't hear me today. You see, even your own enemies will recognize, even those that have despised you, or even those that still despise you and talk about you, they know, they know, hey, hey, I don't like this dude, but I know that this dude preaches the word of God, and, and there's a call upon his life. Even your enemies will understand that something is happening. Let me tell you something. Something is happening here in our midst uh, where the people want to despise it, where the people wanna, do not want to recognize it. God is moving in our midst, and God is about to use us in a manner what man has despised, what man has put down. God is about to raise up a David ministry to declare the word of the Lord. You watch, man. Your enemies are going to come. Even those, some that have left that will come and say, hey, is there still room? Hallelujah. Is there still bread in Bethlehem? Some people are asking about you. Is there still room? Is there still bread? Let me tell you something. Yes, there is bread. Yes, the presence of God is still here. Yes, the word is still being preached. Yes, Jesus is being lifted up. Yes, God is being glorified. Yes, we still preach the cross. Yes, we still preach the burial. Yes, we still preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we preach that Jesus Christ is coming back again. I just feel like something good is about to happen. Well, I just feel like something good is on his way. He has promised that he'd open all of heaven. And brother, this could be that very day. When God's people humble themselves to call on Jesus. As they look to him, expecting as they pray. Well, I just feel like something good is about to happen. And brother, this could be that very day. I don't know it, but I smell it. I can sense it. Something good is about to happen. Don't move from where you're at. Don't be moved by nothing. Make up your mind you've been called. Can I just read something else? Samuel 2.4 tells us that. Second Samuel 2.4 says this. Check this out. 
And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying that the men of Jabesh Gilead, there were they that buried Saul. There come a time also where not just God calls you individually, but also the Bible tells us that after Saul's death, David received kind of like a confirmation, like a second anointing. Judah anointed him. And the people began to recognize, I don't care if the other tribes don't want to accept me. You're our king of Judah. David. The Bible says, began to inquire of the Lord saying, shall I go now? I know you've called me, I've been waiting, but is it my time to go to Judah now? And the Lord said unto him, go up. Your time is now, David. When do I go up, he said, unto Hebron. And whether shall I go up? And he said, unto Hebron. He says, where do I go? He says, go to Hebron. David went up there and his two wives and so forth and his families. And they got there. When God calls you. He calls you individually. He calls you and then the Bible says that he confirms. He confirms that call in your life. How does he confirm it? Through the word, through other people. Now check this out. There comes a time when God has called you and time has passed. And sometimes years later that itching comes back again and then you begin to say, Lord, is it time yet? Now listen to this. This is prophetic for this ministry. You begin to ask God, I know that you have spoken to us. I know that you told us you would open up the windows of heaven. I know that you told us that we must reap a harvest that we're going to take care of. But all these years have passed. When is it? But I believe prophetically that God is bringing up a stirring in this body of believers in this moment. What you're sensing by the Spirit of God in this moment. It's not a coincidence that we are World Harvest Ministry. It's not a coincidence that right now there's things that are taking place right now that we don't understand. But there's a stirring of the Spirit that is causing you as David to begin to seek the Lord. And you are asking, God, is it time now? We have been asking God. We have been praying to God. And we've been saying, God, is it time now? Do we make our move now? You see, because before, many have told us do it, but we haven't felt it. But now there's been an itching inside of our spirit. And we've been asking God, is it time? And I'm here to tell us that God has said, now is your time. Move. Do what you have to do. Do what I've called you to do. Now is the time. You see, David began to ask these questions. This did not come out of him because God truly began. What began to happen is that God began to deal with David. He began to prompt him in his spirit that the time was now. Listen, church. Listen, those that are under the sound of my voice. I'm here to tell you by the Spirit of God that those who have been called, that there is an army that is rising in this hour. 
There is a John the Baptist ministry that is rising in this hour. There is a voice, a peculiar voice that is going to rise in this hour. There is a king among us. Hallelujah. God is prompting his people right now. And he's telling us, do what you must do. Do it now. How do I know that? Because God is dealing with some of you. Some of you, God is dealing with you at night. Some of you, God is prompting you to pray. Some of you, God is prompting you to get into his word. Some of you, God is prompting you. There's something, there's an itching, an itching inside of you. God, what do you want me to do? I can't stay stoic the way I am. I'm tired of warming up these seats, man. I want something new. I want something to move me. And you're being drawn. And God is making clear to you the vision that he has given this house. I'm here to tell you, whatever you do, do it now. Do not question. God has called you. I'm not calling anybody. I'm here to confirm unto those by the Spirit of God, those that the Spirit of God is dealing with. I am telling you, we must do what we must do right now. And we cannot be afraid. And we cannot look to the left. We cannot look to the right. We cannot listen to the gibbers. We cannot listen to the murmuring. We cannot look back. We got to move forward. The harvest is now. Harvest. God is calling you. But if you want to stay stoic, go ahead. Because God is going to bring us more men of war here. We're asking God to bring us mighty men of God, mighty women of God. We're asking God to give us everything from sound people, from singers to musicians, from preachers, from teachers, from people that are immersed, that know about, 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 about technology. We, we, we want, we're, we're not going to stop because we're going to expand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. God is going to raise up an army and he's going to bring us mighty men of of war men that know how to hold a rank men that said if everybody leaves I'll stay here pastor with a sword I'll fight the devil I'll fight those giants I believe God with you I'll go in there with the sword I will not move I'll stay my ground no matter what comes my way I'm believing God for a move for a move of God God is calling you I speak to you by the Spirit of God. I speak to your spirit. God is calling us. Arise, church. It's time to get up, church. It's time to get out of your seat. It's time to get out of your comfort zone. It's time to shake up that pity party. It's time to arise and say, I've been called. Hallelujah. Whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? Will you believe the lies of the devil? Or will you believe? I'm going to believe. I'm telling you. As for me and my house, I've made up my mind. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to go after God. I'm going to go after God. 
just here in the valley. It's needed in the nation of America. It's needed in Africa. It's needed in Mexico and Central America and South America. We need people to arise. People that are tired of religion. People that are tired of dead servants. People that want to see a move of God. If you want to see a move of God in your city, if you want to see a move of God in your town, in your church, uh, just start simply by bending the knees and crying out to God and say, Lord, would you use me? You may say, how can God use me? The Spirit of God is telling you, what do you, what do you have? Oh, there was a widow woman who went to the prophet and told and pleaded her case with him. And the prophet said, what do you have? And she said, all I got is a cruise of oil. Don't seem like nothing, right? But the prophet got a hold of that oil. And he multiplied it. And he began, hallelujah, to fill every vase with oil. And that oil began to be used to fill the needs, hallelujah, of that woman who was able to pay all her debtors and have enough food on her table. What do you mean what I have? If all you got is a cruise of oil, let me tell you that's enough for God. God can raise you up out of nothing. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Don't believe what the devil has said about you. Don't believe what society thinks about you. Everybody's given up, but God, his eyes are on you. He wants to use you. He wants to raise you up to go out and win back your family and win back your community. Who, 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 who shall answer? Who shall say, Jesus, I'm here. I don't got nothing. Listen. At least if we die, we're going to die swinging. Got nothing to lose. Where, where are you gonna go from here? You gonna go do your own thing, start your own church, right? You think that's a solution? No, 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 no. We need each other. We need each other. I don't care if you gotta drag yourself sometimes. You tried everything, but this is the. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I want to open up these altars real quick.